intro and all that. Um, so, your your first name is Mike or, or, or Michael. You, you're you're a Michael too, also, right? Oh, uh, I go by Tex right now during this as a, a professional and the uh, speaking circuit, as okay. we call it, my presentation circuit. It's just streamlined. Beyond Top Secret just Texan. Text. Yeah, beyond Top Secret Texan, I am Top Secret Texan. They go by text when I talk about these things. Um, More so because I've learned that putting myself out there, it's just easier for search engines, easier for streamlining, and easier to assume the personas of, like, say, a musician would and stuff like that than going by my government name, as it were. Uh, because there's, I'm not even the only the only one with my name in the city and everything like that. So if you search me up or anything, it's not it's not good for um, the channel. It's not good for the broadcast. It's not good for the podcast uh, to keep going I, back and forth. So yeah, just refer to it as text if you have to. Yeah. I, oh yeah, no problem. I get it. Uh, well, it's like an MC. I, I think it's weird that people in the UFO game or people in the podcast game don't do it, but people in the rap game do it. Everyone in the rap game. No, this is just a serious thing. No. Well, 100%. And even, like, lawyers and stuff have to refer to them as their rap names and stuff. And it's, like, completely, like, socially acceptable. Like, yes, you are little little whatever your name is, MC whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, that's just who I am, Ice Cube. Ice Cube still gets called Ice Cube but in movie type credit scenes and shit. Like, Ice-T. Ice-T is on Law & Order SVU as an actor credited as Ice-T. Not his government... And you're like, why? Because he just said that that would be better one day. <laughs> and then and, and he did it, and no one's ever revoked it yet. And because that's the thing. People need to relearn this is how the streets are. This is how things are done, at least in the world of trying to send a message and get a w- word out there, just like how, uh, you know, the reason why people were musicians for a long time is because they had something to say, and they had to say it uh, in a way that caught people's attention. And it's the same thing with podcasting. It's the same thing with uh, telling your truth and everything. And by this point, uh, you know, I, I'd rather go by this than uh, my government name for this. Michael James. Michael James, what I go by is my first and middle name. Uh, and and I'll tell you uh, off air, I, I, I'll, I'll tell people my last name. I don't care one bit. And people message me, uh, I'll tell them. But I'm just going to just... You know, I, I do want a little bit of privacy, mm-hmm. just a little bit. But I just go by Michael James, and it sounds better than my first and last name. So. But uh, well, a lot of times so, it's just because I realize, yeah, if you searched my name on social media, it's I'm not even the I'm not even I'm like one of one hundred, if not at the top results and everything like that, right? It's just how the game, like you know, it's just a very common name. And I was like, you know, but I am the only beyond top secret top secret Texan. I am the only one going by. Uh, top Secret Texan or Beyond Top Secret Texan. And uh, that's something that to be proud of and, you know, uh, to have created something like that as a persona. Absolutely, I'm going to lean into it. Absolutely. And I've been doing this uh, since 2020. I've been making YouTube videos since 2018 under different names and incarnations and stuff yeah, like that. And I've had to even... Yeah. And there's reasons why I've had to change my names uh, under which I'm creating the content. And so it's been a learning curve. It has been a learning curve, and I've, I used to have, um, you know, used to go by my real name um, during the early years and everything, but just because to get all the content under one brand and umbrella, get it all under one name that I had control of, and get it all under one basically direction, which is my LLC, this is basically uh, what I've, you know, had to do as well as am going to do. Why did you come out... Um, cause me and you's probably close to the same age. Uh, 
Well, why, why did you wait till? Because I'm sure you've been, and I know a little bit about your story. When we get about, we'll get into it in just a moment. But why did you wait till 2018, 2020 to start like kind of pushing forward with the the open research and uploading videos and you know your Instagram, which I'll give the links to every to everything in the description for everybody to check out. Everything about uh, text, just check out in the description and everything will be right there. But I've been following his Instagram page for a while and and then I just searched him one day and then I was like where the hell is he and then it said and then I saw his, his <coughs> subscriber or his follower count was a little lower compared to last time I was like ah he got banned and then, and then it said uh, uh, beyond top secret texting 2 I was like yep he got banned so but anyway before we go into any of that I'm, I'm just rambling I got some good coffee that helps make me poop so um so why did you come out in 2018 or 2020? Because I'm sure you've been interested in these things for a long time. Well, the date I came out in 2018 was uh, a year after I turned 30, meaning a year after I turned 29. And at 29, I believe the, I guess we call it conditioning or hypnosis, finally came to a crashing head. And after having already experienced a huge amount of synchronicities in the real world as well as an incredible timeline that I've already lived. My life has been excessively, uh, I consider myself a high, uh, a, a, an extreme contactee, basically, a high intensity contactee, as well as someone who's had a lot of real world experience within secret societies and the occult. And so this was at a point where I was going to rebel enough of it, having already found my salvation in Christianity and uh, basically declaring myself born again help and I think this was all in connection with the fact that at 29 I was 20 years after the nine uh, birthday where I was taking this 20 year and back program uh, many of these uh, fellow survivors in these solar warden programs and the 20 year and back programs of the dark fleet and the ICC etc these breakaway uh, societies secret space programs uh, report on when the 20 and back has passed that they regain memories that they start regaining uh, experiences first as dreams which is the exact same thing I had first as consistent vivid realistic almost like night terror level type dreams and then as waking hallucinations uh, what people call post-traumatic stress uh, you know uh, type flashbacks uh, preoccupations, obsessions, neurosis, uh, extreme bad habits and self-destruction, alienation, uh, you know, basically life-ruining type events that can't be explained beyond the fact that there was a severe trauma that was experienced and is becoming uh, realized, becoming remembered. Now, with the vivid uh, memories and everything, a consistent picture started being built, which was my experiences, and intuitively I knew that they were memories now the I the fantastic nature of these memories the incredible nature of these memories is not lost on me but neither are the the actual facts of this life that we're living and so by this time the point is I had to start expressing myself and a creating or the logical connections between these things these these memories these knowledges this this information I was basically being downloaded with or uploaded with uh, whichever one applies there. And so by 
2018, I had already been started watching YouTube. I started getting to the sense that, you know what, I could do this as a solo, you know, I didn't have any experience in it. In fact, I wasn't even online. I have a history with the internet that goes back into, um, you know, almost being a forensic investigator for the FBI for child sex crimes online and stuff. And so I didn't have a social media. I, I completely was against the internet um, up until I started making these channels. And so I started getting to a point where I was like, yes, a, a kind of a ludite, where I was like, yeah, I guess I'll start one of these YouTubes, and I guess I'll get one of these channels going and start speaking this truth, because, you know what, if I don't, I'm going to go fucking crazy, and I'm going to kill myself. Because it was so fucking alienating to have these, like, you know, basically this, this extremely, you know, <laughs> exactly, like this extremely... Uh, Intensely uh, exotic uh, reality that was bearing down on me, like in my in my soul and in my mind, right? Like existentially, you know. Like therapy to get it's almost therapy to get that shit. It's it's not even almost therapy. It is because you have to somehow express yourself either through art or music or some kind of creative vessel because the memories inside you will drive you insane and schizophrenic. And this is where a lot of people are are. being failed mentally in, in the mental health processes that they're not being treated seriously through their experiences even though they may be unique exotic uh individual uh, supernatural paranormal never before heard for occult whatever but you see things like My satanic ritual like abuse well you see things like uh, satanic ritual abuse for yeah. example these things are absolutely real and yet you have people who are denying because children's accounts of their own realities because it's too it, it's too uh, much for them and their worldview to accept, right? And this is exactly what was playing out here, except in my case, it was not, and, and thank God, uh, you know, that it wasn't, but it was the reality of extraterrestrial contact throughout my life in connection with uh, high level military conspiracy, uh, as well as the contact through my labs, which would enter me into Solar Warden at the age of nine as a inducted child uh, soldier, basically, having dis- discovered my own psychic abilities through testing of theirs. Then they was recruited by the Astro High Command, educated throughout the, uh, the years between 9 to 14 on these psychic abilities until the, the events that happened in 2001 involving the Orion Draco invading our solar system would require me to go back to Solar Warden uh, engage in the campaign there and then spend my rest of my life uh, until the age of 29 in the service of Solar War. This is absolutely the memories I was getting. I was downloading them. I filled up volumes of notebooks just to, and remember this is absolutely uh, after being in the service of the Navy for four years uh, being uh, you know making a living, being married already uh, you know pursuing my life having a real life and everything. So this was not in uh, the quote-unquote cards as I wanted it, right? This was not in what I wanted to do ever. And the reason why I had to do it is because it was real and because I couldn't deny it. And that's the thing, like, you can't uh, say I didn't try to deny it or I wouldn't and I, and I, and I embrace it because I didn't. And over time, it starts slowly coming out in these YouTube videos of mine. And... Um, the YouTube videos started in 2020, and they 
were just monologues, dream of consciousness, explanations of various extraterrestrial races, various concepts that I had personal experience with in the, in the secret space program, um, uh, various aspects of the, the nature of these different organizations, the, their, their structures, their organizations, their ideals, uh, everything from their biologies to their technology levels. And, and the various historical facts as they related to it. And that would basically kick off uh, because once I started doing that, I was committed. I was absolutely fucking committed. And I had nowhere to go and nowhere to go back. So I was just going to lead into it. And from there, it's like, you know, the wisdom and knowledge are there for whoever knocks. And, you, and I have a, a actual uh, background and a very educated uh history, like a very educated uh, personal history. Uh, graduated from Texas A&M University, uh, TAMU, one of the best schools in Texas, graduated full scholarship within four years as a, major, as, a, as a double major there. And then I went to the University of New Orleans to study electrical engineering, as well as being an uh, aviation electrician in the Navy with a 95 ASVAB score. I'm not an idiot. I'm not delusional. I'm not fucking crazy. I'm not, things I just get out of, the, out of the way, I'm not uh, uneducated and don't know things like what dreams are and stuff like that. Get get over it, right? And that's why I see a lot of criticisms. I had some that's going to cut that in the butt. Uh, get over it. I'm not someone, and I, that's the thing. Like I can I can absolutely go toe to toe when it comes to talking about you know like um, uh, aeronautical well, engineering, aeronautical engineering, and I can talk about uh, the high tech actual programs in Skunk Works all day and night. I can talk about this. And then once I start bringing up UFOs, exotics, uh, you know, things like that, then people start saying, whoa, you're delusional. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> whoa. And it's like, you, you, you can't take away one or the other. You know, like, I, I, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm not from um, uh, anywhere where, like, a cult or a New Age type society at all like that, you know, 100%. Uh, self-educated and that's why I find myself being independent uh, and able to research and express myself as freely as I do unapologetically uncensored and uh, I investigate what I know ultimately creates the big picture and it's secret societies international military conspiracy and uh, the, the occult nature of our world, the hidden nature of our world, and the occult, what that defines, the hidden, the things which are hidden intentionally from us because that is all about the reality which they don't want us to see because that is exactly, um, you know, what liberates us, what creates this idea of knowing the truth and not being ruled by uh, our own limitations but reaching our potentials and seeing everything existing all at once for what it is um, and yes I guess this ultimately has its foundation in the secret space program and the super soldier programs which like I said have real world lived experience the 20 year and back through Solar Warden for the secret space program and then my own real world this timeline experience living as a secret as a super soldier through the SSP program because that's why it's an SSP squared uh, system you serve the 20 year and back as a uh, in the secret space program as a solar warden enlisted basically as a child slave and then you return and then serve out a quota of time and service depending on your your service to the solar warden if it was you know the, the, whatever reward or position you're going to achieve in this life 
is dictated by your service in that one. And then you go through the process of either joining a secret society or fulfilling out some uh, MK Ultra type designation within the greater fabric of the world that we live in now. Either, uh, and a lot of these fellow Solar Warden individuals become uh, politicians, uh, entertainment figures, uh, powerful CEOs, and e even some more of the, uh, you know, even more mundane realities. Most of them just become family people. Most of them become what everyone would know as nobodies. Just people who, like myself, go into uh, life planted, you know, within the fabric of the common person, salts of the earth, uh, either for activation later through as a sleeper cell uh, or as, uh, you know, someone who, like myself, also transitioned almost slowly, completely from these high-ranking military, international, like, covert op-type levels shit that I was getting into to, like, crime, organized crime, and uh, more of the occult secret societies that operate within everyday neighborhoods and towns, which is an absolute reality. So this is where a lot of people become like veterans or ex-military, and this is only natural. I, I was in the military from uh, 2010 to 2013 before being medically retired, and uh, after being... I was at 05 to 13 when my full contract was up. You got the... Yeah. You got the two terms, the two tours. I didn't do it. I was in a, I was in a garrison support unit, military police. Uh, right when I got out, they they went to Gitmo because we 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 got a another classification with Thirty One Echo. <clears throat> I was military police. Thirty One Bravo is military police, and Thirty One Echo is corrections. So we had to go to Fort Knox to to get that training for Thirty One Echo, which is correctional, because uh, they wanted to ship us to Gitmo. Mm -hmm. But before all that, we were going down down there where you, uh, not too far from you, El Paso, uh, outside El Paso. I forgot the base. We've been in, down there Fort so Bliss. many times. Bliss, yep, yep, Fort Bliss. And we yeah, Another train. thing, we were, I, yeah, I know all these bases and stuff, and people down there, like, if yeah. I was just a squid, how do I know, almost like, almost by the back of my hand, where almost every major military base not in Texas is. People, not a whole lot of people know about Fort Bliss. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And we would go down there, we would join the other units, and, and we would train. That would be one a place where a lot of people get ready to, to get ready to mow boat, you know, go overseas. And a lot of people would go to Southern California, but, but a lot, we went, we went to, to Bliss, and man, we would stay down there for forever. So it was like every year, every summer we'll go there, and we would help train infantry, military police, and uh, correctional, uh, mostly MPs and correctional that were there, but some some imagery. I don't know how. I don't. I don't. I was I was young, dumb, you know. I didn't ask a whole lot of questions, you know. But uh, but yeah, we're, we'd help get them ready to go overseas. But uh, funny thing is, when I was at Fort Knox, when I was getting the the, the other classification with 31 Echo Corrections, they I asked one of the uh, the lieutenants there. I was like, "Is there really gold here?" I said, "Hell no, son. Ain't no damn gold here." <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, uh, yeah. No, but, it's not uh, in Fort Knox, but Fort Bliss is actually a pretty uh, intense place when it comes to all this. It's above a deep underground military base. Uh, it connects a lot of the Mexican, uh, and by that, Mexico's um, deep underground military installations, which are just basically the United States's and in, in the under the territory of Mexico. 
Uh, they teach a lot of clandestine stuff, uh, like like uh, uh, basically torture, uh, like you know Phoenix Project level, like you know stuff torture. They they abduct women off the Cuadad Horaz, the Ciudad Horaz, uh, the Mexican side, and then they they just put them into Fort Bliss, and then they do the things like in the Phoenix program, how to skin people alive, how to take out their eyes, ears, keep them as live as long as possible, recording screams so that they can play them, say, when they're torturing somebody else and saying, that's your wife, that's your daughter, we're doing that to her in the other room, and they're playing these realistic screams through the amplifiers into his ears, and it's just, because uh, I've seen it, and I've gone through that program in Fort Bliss, at Fort Bliss and is, sure, is and fucked and, up. And I'm sure I was... I'm sure I was a byproduct of it, uh, 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 of, of departmentalization. Yeah. You know, because I, w- I was just I was there mostly on a gun range. Just yeah, like, exactly. Literally. They hide it in and plain that's sight. Why I can't really hear now, but they hide I, it in plain I was sight. There on a gun range. Like in San Antonio, they do a lot of MK Ultra uh, research on Air Force cadets and Army and medic and Navy medics, and uh, this is the same base where like Jeffrey Dahmer passed through. Uh, most of the Sierra killers in the last like late 20th century passed through because they were all in the army or navy medical programs like that medics they were medics they were corpsmen and medics uh, and they go through San Antonio and uh, San Antonio also is the largest CIA armory and uh, you know domestic recruitment center outside of DC outside of Langley and then you also have the NSA CDC you have a number of deep state institutions and plus the good old Freemasons and uh, secret societies such as Satanists, Covens uh, various cartels etc all operating freely within this nexus called San Antonio and uh, this is one of the things that people forget that Texas is not a small uh, by community standards or civilization standards, it's as large as New York, it's as large as California. Population-wise, it's 25 million people. It's got three out of the large, 10 largest cities in America, or I think almost four at this point. And San Antonio is growing at such a rate that it'll be the largest city in Texas by 2050, uh, meaning that it will be the fourth largest city in America. So the CIA has plenty of experience operating in plain sight and then you have to think of How far facilities. is San Antonio to Bliss? How far is because, because It's about 900 miles uh, from El Paso to I know where I am right now on the Gulf Coast so it's gotta be several hundred miles I think it'd probably be around 500 uh, from El Paso and that's the thing Texas is so large that you could drive yeah. from the northernmost part of Texas just, to Canada and the same distance as you can drive from the northernmost part of Texas to Mexico, it, just through the state. So it's it's literally half the country tall, and um, about a third of the country wide, uh, with the with it being easier to go from El Paso to L.A. than El Paso to uh, Louisiana. Uh, th- these are just facts. Like you can, you can go from El Paso to L.A., California and faster and shorter distance than you can go from El Paso to the end of Texas on the opposite uh, side of the way. So I know it has to be within like 500 to 400 miles, like maybe even more, 600. So The reason why I asked, because, because I knew it took us forever, because yeah. this was probably, I don't know, 06, 07, that I remember going from El Paso or out, outside of the Bliss to uh, San Antonio. We had to go there with, with a, a weapons detail. We had to go... San Antonio to, to grab what, uh, ammunition, weapons, and all that, and, and take it back to Bliss. And it, it seemed like it, it, it was an all-day adventure, dude. Going back, like 
just, just just one round trip. It'll take all day. Yep. Like 10, 12 hours or something. I don't know. I don't man. I just remember, and you know, you know, when you're younger, you know, things just were different. But it seemed like it took forever, though. To, I hated doing that. Those details. Oh no, yeah. But no. You were. You got to be a road warrior when you when you live in Texas. You're a road warrior because it's like uh, people just don't understand. You can fit the entire state of Connecticut, which I know has a lot of army bases and stuff. You can fit the entire state of Connecticut inside Houston, and so just to think of the practical scale of like you know logistics and like what they can actually fit in Texas. So no wonder the military loves Texas because it it just has so much more room to actually operate. You can have bases like literally in the middle of nowhere. Because you know you're, it's like 400 miles to the nearest like settled city, and then you know you can just set up like you know like Area 51. Um, there are reports of, of Area 51 type bases operating in West Texas, and this, these are absolute realities around Amarillo and stuff like that. It's because they offer the same thing, and you don't, and no one really ever uh, has to know. It's a totally different culture. Like I said, if you didn't know these things were out there, you like I said, like you could have El Paso and live in San Antonio and never know the thing was out there. Like it would just, it's it's another world. It's like it has to be understood. Like it could, it's 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 much bigger than it is on a map. It's much bigger on it is a map. Just like Alaska, it, it it's it boggles the mind. Oh, yeah. It's mind boggling yeah. how vast the state is. Yeah. And, and that's something else we can go into with uh, how the maps are all fucked up, you know. Yeah. But 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 I want to ask you about the about the twenty and back real quick. And 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 this is with all due respect, Tex. All due respect. But just to play devil's advocate for a bit, uh, because you was talking about the uh, the skeptics, you know, or people that basic. Trust me, I get trolls all the time. I've been doing podcasts since two thousand ten, like. I get it. You know what I mean? You get haters, you get trolls, but for to play devil's advocate with, with a 20 and back, one thing I've, that has been getting, you know, a bad taste in people's mouths the past several years is the, the vast amount of people who claim to be whistleblowers that come forward and talk about the, their involvement in the 20 and back, the secret space program. And why that bad taste is in a lot of people's mouths because you have Corey Good, who was a self-proclaimed 20 and back secret space program whistleblower. And... And, and recently, he went through depositions, Corey Good did, and he stated that he never physically went to space, and he basically made it all up. So, if the, the 20 and back secret space program really exists, and I, I, I really, I, I, I believe that there's a secret space program, I believe that 100%, um, really exists, how do you, how do you move forward with the, the claim, or with people that they attack you or claiming people like Corey Good that that bamboozled a lot of people in the community with scams and like that. Like, how do you move forward? Like, how do you respond to people like that? The same thing as stolen valor. Same thing in these uh, in this world of like you know ours, where if you have experiences which are not shared by the common person, you are entitled to that reality. You are entitled to that because that happened to you. But if you have stolen valor or someone who's committing stolen valor, does that invalidate real? Valor? Does that invalidate real veterancy? Does that invalidate the real suffering and experiences and hardship and and actual living experience of actual soldiers, uh, Marines, airmen, sailors who went through, say, GWAT, and then you have stolen valor, 
uh, you know, through the internet or something, or through these scammers, people having charities, people trying to raise money for themselves through patriot causes, same thing with the Q phenomenon, same thing with that. If you have realistic, uh, could, like, it, uh, responsibility, no, these are individuals. These are not connected. If you were a criminal uh, prosecutor and, and there was corruption within the Department of Justice, do you, do you now invalidate your entire life path? Is the entire system of Western judge, uh, 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 you know, justice thrown out and we have to start from scratch because there's uh, someone doing it wrong? Same thing with anything. Uh, uh, do all doctors... Uh, share the guilt and burden of charlatans who are pushing fake medicine and 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 is the pursuit of trying to reach like an actual progress thrown out with these people these charlatans everyone's selling a copper bracelet telling you it's going to cure cancer or whatever uh is that going to ruin the fact that we have uh thousands of years of medical effort and experience and progress, trial and error, experiment and in case study and precedent because somebody got caught making things up. No, same thing with the 20 and back. Same thing with the secret space program. Same thing with the breakaway civilization. Same thing with ufology. One hoaxer uh, doesn't ruin the entire discipline or experience of coming forward, providing testimony, etc. Same thing as one bad Christian doesn't make the entire Christian faith invalid are the people's religious experiences, are their personal testimony, because this is where it borders on. It's not just a simple, I have receipts and paperwork. It's an actual coming to terms with a much more complex, much more accurate and real level of reality, the one that is being covered up intentionally by secret societies and sending out false agents, uh, bad faith actors, covert people who infiltrate and then provide both the inside as double agents providing inside information from within these secret societies as well as poisoning the well with misinformation uh, a good way of thinking this is that the CIA once said you'll know our job is done when everything anyone believes is wrong and that's basically what they want no matter what discipline as long as these people control it by manufacturing discontent and manufacturing contrarian uh, skepticism in the outside greater at large communities, then they got people by the balls, especially if they're just waiting like sharks to, to, to or vultures, it's for someone to fuck up, to someone to come out and then be defeated, not within their internal circles, because as far as I was concerned, Corey Good's uh, disposition did not proclaim that he didn't do anything. In fact, I think he's just trying to save his ass and lying under oath. And I think a big part of that is just that. Like, I mean, a lot of people lie to cops. A lot of people lie under disposition. A lot of people lie to lawyers in court. It fucking happens. It doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't change. Like, guilty people say they didn't do it. It's not the. It's like like you understand. Like this. This is not a world based on words. It's based on um, the the context of situations. Do you think he was, do you think that, he was making? Do, do you think he? And I say I don't even follow Corey that, Good. That was making false. And I don't think he was making false claims over the years to profit off of something that really exists. Yeah, I think Corey Good is guilty of a lot of uh, fabrication and uh, embellishment as someone who I don't have Corey Good's experiences. I never shared them. But from what I've heard Corey Good speak, and Corey Good was never a favorite speaker of mine 
uh, when I was trying to make sense of this or when I was researching it. And the extent of the secret space program is so large, the lore of it is, you don't, not everyone, even the mainstream people are like people's messiahs or anything. They don't, like, it's not like that. Like, they exist, but they just, they're one of many. They, they're one of many eyewitnesses and testimony people. And Corey Good and David Wilcock and Gaia TV and all of that have been suspicious since well over 10 years ago. When, when I mean, I wasn't even aware of it, but becoming, like, cognizant of the fact that I was having these contactee memories and just looking it up, like, what's ufology about? What's all this stuff about? What are these things? Back when Corey Good was first giving his presentations and creating the blue avian concepts, which are not ever witnessed by anyone else in this experience. The blue avians are completely his own original uh, creation, which he trademarked and copyrighted specifically to give him creative control over this. This, oh, duh, I know, duh, I'm not an idiot, nor am I worshiping this person at all. That's the, very suspicious. Well, it's this, it's, it's this because it's, it's what it is. That's the thing, like, yes, we have, uh, we have uh, P.T. Barnum. We have P.T. Barnum, David Wilcock, uh, creating a very profitable thing with sponsorship from BlackRock, which is a uh, worldwide company that creates and owns all media. And they created Gaia TV to corner this new emerging reality, which is people with memories of extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial uh, contact with interests in the ultra-dimensional, with uh, metaphysical realities, with what has already existed in foreign markets such as Italy or Mexico for a long time. America is just catching up with it. And it's because America has had its worldview completely tightly controlled. It does not have free speech. It does not know what the world knows. If you go to Italy, for example, and then there are already cults formed with the Breakaway Society, Secret Space Program ideology, the Realians, various cults throughout Europe, uh, the Creative uh, Society, uh, the Creative Agency in, uh, in Russia, has actual reptilians on live TV because they pay for public access time across Russian television. Eyes do the reptilian move. Her name is Zana. They have a TikTok channel. They do this. It has millions of views. This is not something that is, is that obscure. Is that yes, it is absolutely real. And this is what I'm saying. Just because one American... She's on Instagram, would, too. Uh, she's on Instagram, yes. too. I, that's, I think that's why I first... I don't, I've, I've been banned on TikTok. I don't even own TikTok. The, I've, I've seen her on Instagram, though. Yeah. The breakaway civilization lore has existed since the 1950s. And by pe that co people coming out saying they've spoken to these extraterrestrials, they remained consistent, and everyone's life is ex individual. But if you were to tell me that these were people talking about a country they had visited... You would know enough about this country to go and be confident to visit. If your people were just saying, yeah, I went to Japan, I went to this city, these people talked to me, they were like this, they looked like this, there's my drawing of them, they had eyes like this. This is the language they spoke. And I'm like, I have never had any frame of reference. By the time I'm finished hearing these, these people, I would understand this is a real place. They're not lying to me. They're not pulling my leg. They're not all in on some massive hallucination. They are speaking about a place I have no frame of reference for that I can only imagine. Because this is how reality works. When you're, when you're human, you have to take people from their experience, from their eyewitness testimony, from the, and use your discernment. But it's all about context. It's all about context clue. Yes, if it's the one person you heard, if it's 20 years of people coming forward with this, 
if it's 40 years, if there starts to be a, uh, a num- amount of evidence, like say the, the videos, UFO videos, if there starts becoming um, amount of interest within the higher authorities, like we know the government, not even the government disclosure, government cover-ups, we know that there's an active government cover-up that is even more intense than people are ever willing to talk about on the mainstream. People have died for this information historically. When people start becoming pariahs inside their society, not able to get jobs, uh, be, be, being seen as crazy, being seen as schizophrenic, like I said, and having these bad faith actors coming and preying on them, exploiting them, taking them into cult-like situations, you're starting to see that this is a movement. This is a next stage in society. This is something that's becoming uh, as real as, uh, you know, uh, say the Eastern Europe, the Eastern spiritualism in America. You know, when people started becoming Buddhists and things like that. It's not a passing fad. It's not a phase. This is just part of Americans' enlightenment or spiritual evolution or mental evolution combined with the fact that it is a real thing our military has been conducting on America's population, on the world's population. We're not, it's like this isn't a purely mental or metaphysical thing. This isn't a combined hallucination. This isn't speaking about the astral realm or non-physical things. This is physical reality using high advanced technologies, using manpower, human slaves, clones, and the, the abilities that seem like magic to us now because their advanced technologies allow them to operate on levels we cannot really fathom or imagine because our lives are so primitive, kept at such a primitive and barbaric level, and we're confused by it and thinking we're the most modern high-tech civilization that's ever lived. In reality, we're knuckle-dragon cavemen, barely able to master electricity, and still would probably kill ourselves if we had to rewire our house, let alone harness the power of solar energy to create uh, limitless free energy or, or, or the idea of having a, a, a room-powered uh, fission reactor that uh, size of a suitcase that could power an entire city block and things like that, or, or having uh, the right metallurgy just to have wires and, and metal poles that collect energy from the very ether it itself, like Tesla had envisioned. And we think that's magic. We think that's, that's science fiction. We think that's impossible. This is how these breakaway civilizations run fundamentally and then make progress on top of that. And they have been doing that for thousands of years, not hundreds, because they were immune from the great disasters that happened on a cyclical level. This is the reality that, we're, that I'm talking about and investigating and having memories of because it's the right reality. It's the correct reality. And everyone who is creating the... I'm not saying anyone else is wrong because everyone's like the blind man touching the elephant, touching the elephant in the room. And some people say Tartaria is real and mud floods real. And look at these buildings and that they can't be built by these people who didn't have... Cr- they're lying about history, his story, that, that clearly that they're these secret societies controlling the narrative 
Oh, and then the military industrial complex. Why are they getting trillions of dollars and they don't give us anything and they require our literal blood in our lives and they brainwash like if you see the Super Bowl lately, it's just jets and fucking soldiers lining up a flight. And it's because the military is far deeper than just men in uniforms playing soldier. It is the they have nightly backgrounds. They belong to like Knight Solomon and Knights Malta and they belong to authorities of the Vatican and it's a spiritual front for people. They People don't even realize this shit. It's a religion. It's fucking the largest and most dominant religion in America and is our God. Weapons, military, war. That is what people live to serve. And that things like the, even the American flag and everything go back to the Phoenician Egyptian days. It's the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's the exact same revival and resurrection of a phoenix, like the phoenix of this, of this, uh, the Ameru, the Mu who lived in this western continent and people don't even realize this they think that their lives are just you know wake up eat go to work uh you know shit shower shave watch marvel movies uh you know gain weight and go to sleep and then do it all over again and this is what i'm saying so yeah those people think i'm crazy whatever the point is more people are coming to my side because more people are waking up to their own realities, their own involvements in this. I'm not the only one. I estimate that there are 100 million people internationally right now who are involved in the secret space program across all countries, 100 million people, and that they're all waking up and they're all coming out with their own memories and they're all uh, variously connected to it either by providing genetic material for cloning and that there are hundreds of millions of people who live off-world right now that add to the greater gestalt uh, reality of what it means to be human. And, in, and it, once you actually listen to all my uh, broadcasts and everything, you'll realize that humanity is not centered by its weight. Its center of mass is not on Earth. Its center of mass is not the, the, what we're having this conversation in. And two, the people listening to this right now, they're not the majority. They're a game reserve. There and like I was born in this game reserve. I was born on the res, the reservation, just like everyone else was. We're left like the res to be impoverished in the middle of nowhere as they've taken all the great land and resources for themselves and use us like the American government and military use Native Americans as good soldiers with good genetic care. And here's your government cheese. Here's your poverty. Here's your massive neglect and basically downright persecution and hostility. Because that's what they treat you as. They treat you with contempt. And then people think, well, they gave us this reservation after taking your country. After taking all your land, they told the Cherokee to keep walking. Then they went to Oklahoma, and they said, we want Oklahoma too, keep walking. And that's the thing, like, and then it keeps going on until eventually they're now fenced off and kept in this extremely hostile, artificial world. And what, what? They gave you casinos. They gave you vice. They gave you liquor. They gave you their poisons. They gave you their government cheese. To help kill you with no, yeah, exactly. That's the thing, and people don't realize that we do it to our own. It, it's from the top down, and we did that to them. Who do you think's doing it to us? And it doesn't like why do you think it, it's like you know it goes downhill. It's a it's a fractalized reality. It's you said an, this has been going on for thousands, thousands of years. years. So do you think that just like Bill Cooper talked about his ancient mystery? Uh, religions and schools and things like that you know his old podcast that he did radio show do you think those ancient mystery teachings and things like that back then the religion ancient mystery religions or schools whatever do you think those were what we call today the modern day breakaway civilization you know what I mean because because maybe back then they had all the knowledge they had maybe all the 
yes. ancient technology, and, and they kept everything to themselves, kind of like today the breakaway civilization. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hence, hence the hence the breakaway civilization. They they know of the secret space program. They know of everything else. You know, it, it comes from interpreting things like Sumerian tablets, and you realize that the Anunnaki had spaceships. They had flying craft. They had weapons, beam weapons. They had things like that are right now computers. Uh, that helped out our build our society, et cetera, plus even more exotic technologies. We know that from tablets. But then we think that was either all mythologized, like it didn't wasn't real, it was like these weapons of the gods, these these fantastic origins. But then we can't explain how the societies that these ancient Greeks, these ancient Minoans, these ancient like like Jakarta, et cetera, Peru, how these ruins were even created. We know it only takes two hundred years to go from horse and buggy to Hadron Collider. As Jason from Archaics always says, right? It's a great channel. 200 years from horse and buggy to uh, Hadron Collider to like lasers. I had him on, my, I, I had him on the show uh, back in the spring. That's yeah, so, so exactly. He gets awesome it. Awesome dude, yeah. No, he gets it. And so he gets it. And like I said, he, the, the thing is, I've heard on his podcast too uh, and his YouTube channel saying the same things. Like he doesn't think that the uh, – he believes that the dropships are there, that he believes that there's motherships out there in waiting. But there is a dome around us. There is a simulation around us that is keeping us in a matrix and basically a, an artificial world where technology that we create in this dome is limited and constantly revert and recycled and reset back. But that the universe itself, the world that we think is just the natural world, the blue sky, the moon, the earth that we're standing on, that's all technology. That is all a simulation. That is all an absolute arena, a VR, virtual reality type zoo that we are in. The Truman Show, the literal fucking dome of the Truman Show. And everything from weather patterns to where the stars in the sky are to the length of the day is completely artificial. That's absolutely true. And the nature of our world is not even a planet. It's a Dyson sphere, which we live just on one layer of. And it's a layered, centered Dyson sphere. And that's completely in keeping with, like, the Vedas and with, like, the ancient uh, Viking. You have Midgard, you have Untergard, you have, you know, the Top Guard, you have the Twelve Heavens, you have Seven Hells, you have all these different layers, all with different types of deities, the different choirs of angels, until you get to the top, until you get to actual, to the Godhead itself. The, the, uh, Jason calls it the AIX, the Arca the AIX, this, I this thing that controls the, the, the actual simulation, Satan, the god of this world, or the god of the, of the universe, or the god of creator of all of it. And the point is this is all part of the breakaway civilization secret space program level because they control the access to these other levels. They control the technology that these other levels have. To talk about one is to talk about that in terms of, that's how I talk about it. Like, it's not just... Yeah, some Babylonians who worshipped Moloch had a spaceship, and now they fly around and basically bought... No, this is like the creator of who created mankind is like intentionally using them as a front organization just so that they could... Like, see, the reptilians in the subterranean world who biologically engineered these reptilian-worshipping, shape-shifting priest class people just so that they could get the humans from the surface into the caves where they really can't go past because of different shit. One, they would get killed by higher powers, different species, and also they really biologically can't survive unless they're, like, next to a volcano. You know, like, that's the thing, radiation-wise, like, they, they die, like, it's like... So, they need to get the people into the caves, but the people won't go into the caves because they're scary, so how do we get them in? We create a cult that has an ancient mystery religion that involves going into caves. <laughs> 
and they, they, they work. They literally lead these fucking people like the Pied Piper into the subterranean realms and these Catholic religions and shit. And they call it the Elysian Mysteries. And that's the thing. That's what I think those secret ancient mystery societies are. And they still exist. And they still exist in New York City. Uh, watch a movie called Midnight Meat Train. A fucking excellent movie where they talk about that the subway systems are sometimes loaded full of dead people and they go right down to where reptilians live in the deep inter intercombs of New York City and that the police know about it because the police are all functionaries for a secret society in this movie represented by an eight-pointed black star, the black sun, or otherwise any star which is a symbol of Freemasons, including the sheriff's departments around America, police departments, the military, anything with a fucking star, including communism, including Soviet Union, including uh, uh, cult Wiccans, including uh, Eastern star worshipping uh, witches like Hillary Clinton, etc. And then it starts making a lot more fucking sense that you start thinking, oh shit, yeah, they're in on it, they've always been in on it, Everyone's in on it. These are all deals that, that this is what's called the breakaway civilization. This is why they're the breakaway civilization. It's because they know, they know because they live it, because they do it, and they're all functionaries of it. They all help to, to create it and to keep it secret. And that's just one aspect of it. That's just the dirty intersection between us as a game reserve, us as a farm on this planet and uh, left to our own devices now hopefully for the better hopefully in a benef uh, benevolent way but we'll talk about chaos economics on the second hour because I believe that that's a you know, pretty interesting subject because everyone asks oh well what's the relationship between extraterrestrials and human beings and it's like mostly harmless but a lot of it's a lot of it's extremely hostile because you got to imagine this is the real world this is all nature this is all on a fundamental level, natural and biological. And what's biology? It's just animals fucking each other up and eating each other. A lot of parasites, a lot of uh, shit. And while it, it is kept like how modern day society is, very civilized, very uh, civil, very diplomatic, uh, where we create our daily life. Everyone's getting alive, everyone's getting along, everyone's alive the next day, seeing the sun come up and everything. But sometimes you don't. And sometimes it's not, and sometimes people don't get along, and sometimes shit happens, and that's why there are police like the Men in Black. That's why there is the Solar Warden as a Navy, because there's sometimes there's wars, pirates, poachers, shit like that, and they try to keep us alive, sheepdog us, just like how we know the Army tries to do it and everything, but does that really uh, keep world peace? No. As soon as you turn your backs, shit's going down again, and that's why there's uh, different factions uh, sometimes com comprising only a very limited amount of individuals or things, beings from certain species. Sometimes it's species-wide factions with their own agenda, uh, pushing in or, or causing, you know, basically to say it, causing shit, uh, interrupting us, getting in our plan, uh, colonizing the earth, for example, in the case of the insectilians, not with permission, just because they're doing it. Uh, and then them having such tremendous numbers of their species that mankind can't can't stop them but we can do it diplomatically and keep them at a somewhat clandestine and covert level and i say that because if you watch a lot of videos say i've been posting and followed the old instagram etc you know that i've shown just 
dozens and dozens of photos of mantis men walking around, literally just walking around, um, being seen on TV, fleets of UFOs, and and this is where it all starts connecting because then then it's like, well, what well, what do you what do you what evidence is this? The evidence I have is literally the tens of thousands of UFO videos that come out every single year that are coming out more and more that are telling a story, and it's up to people to discern that story. If um, if you had as much evidence of this as you did uh, anything else, I mean, you would have... And people were just honest. They have more evidence of UFOs than they have anything else. There, There's really no natural phenomenon that has as much evidence captured by the common man as UFOs. Like, they don't even have video of ball lightning and shit. And they have, like, tens of millions of fucking pictures of UFOs. Uh, hold on just one second. Someone's at the door. Hold on one second. I got to use the restroom. I'll be right back. No problem. Simulation and things like that. And... I don't really want to go down that, that road this time too much, but I have to bring this up. So I would say in the past year, past probably 12 months, I've probably done had at least five, at least five interviews about simulation theory, uh, this matrix, this, this bullshit reality we live in. Is it the computer game? Is it a simula simulation? Um, so here's where I'm kind of stuck. I don't think it's quite like a video movie. I don't think it's quite like The Matrix. It's probably similar to The Matrix movie, uh, which the poster can't see it, but it's right there. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. But I think it's much deeper, much more complex than we could ever imagine. But if it is something like Assimilation, something something like the movie The Matrix, something kind of like maybe a video game, non-player characters and all this, that, you know, that those are just those are just things we we don't really have a word to put around it. We just use those those um, use things as reference points. How do we how do we connect all that with things like? secret space program with ufos with aliens with us going into space how does that fit in the picture you know what i mean well this, this is a platform oh to answer like, how does this all to answer that question um you you have a poster above your other shoulder you point to where the matrix was but you have a picture of their dark city it's more like dark city than it is the matrix because the Matrix, you're right, is a virtual program without any real consequence besides the fact that there are people in tubes who are basically already dead. Even though they are live and dreaming, they've never known anything of a normal life. Reality is more like Dark City, where we're all abducted, real people who are forced to live in a bullshit world that is literally created whenever we're unconscious by alien beings who resemble human beings but are completely not, with their psionic powers verging on the near-demonic. But if you watch Dark City to the very end, they're in outer space. They're floating around on a satellite because they are the science experiments of aliens. A who, huge satellite. A, huge. No, exactly. The size of planets. These planetoids. <laughs> the moon is artificial. On a flat plane. On a flat plane. And I would like to point that out, too, is that what we think is a planet that was created by the organic functions that created Jupiter or Saturn or whatever, Venus, Mars... 
did not happen for Earth. Earth is completely artificial. It was constructed around a white dwarf star. And this is something like, I, I can explain, but uh, we don't want to get into it right now. But I think that exactly, it's not. Well, it's if, not. If, if you want to explain about five minutes worth, go ahead. Well, it's it's like it's not flat or nor round. It's a complete like archaic set. It's a simulated. Uh, artificial construct that can actually transform and change its shape at will like a tesseract or like the Lamont cube configuration in which it can actually it has non it's made by an, a non-human intelligence an AI that's created by aliens itself and this it has no physical limitation to how we understand geometry it is like the hypercube, it is something that you can be internally within a pocket of at the same time. It can just then put you to the outside surface of and constantly move you in relation to it. The, the occult symbol of the black cube is actually geographically what it would represent if you could see it from its outside perspective like I have in Solar Warden. And the Earth itself, yes, it, it's many-layered. It's many-layered to the point that... W- we think is outer space isn't even outer space. The moon is within our atmosphere. The moon is within these layers which we have called atmospheres. But they're just different artificial layers. The stars are not hundreds of thousands of miles away. They're not. They're called luminaries. They're beings of light and are ships. And these ships are holding constellation patterns like the lights on the edge of a Truman show, but they're the engines of these ships. They, they, most ships are just most constellations, most stars are these are they are actual beings of light of tremendous size and magnitude um, our sun is within our we have multiple suns within our atmosphere that act as the suns we see our solar gate, our sun is actually a stargate and you can fly your ship right through it if you have the right ship, these are the realities of our universe that we're not told this is the solar system that we're not, we don't have nine planets. We have close to 36 planets in our solar system. We have these, and, and flying around, we have the black planets. We have two suns. We have the Nemesis star, which is a black star, basically a brown dwarf, which cannot be seen with the naked eye, which has ultraviolet light. And then we have our real sun, which is out the, the, the solar stargate. They both used to be functioning. I interviewed John Lear one time, and John Lear said, I may be misquoting him, but he said, our solar system has like 60 something planets or something like that. Yeah, or if you count moons, it's like it becomes what you count. It becomes, exactly, and that's the thing, like I'm not, uh, what I, I, I'm not going to say like, well, these are the names of all these planets that we don't know and this is their position and everything, but I'm not the only one saying this. Educated minds of people who have worked in NASA, have worked for government agencies, who are studied in astrophysics and stuff like that, will tell you that NASA has a, and the world has a huge history of identifying planets and then just covering that shit up and pretending like they never happened. There was a huge investigation in NASA, for example, the 1980s, where they tried to get a lot of public funding from the Congress by saying that they were discovering Planet X, and Planet X was an invisible planet because they already were admitting back then in the 1980s that they were going to start disclosing the shitload of these planets that cannot be seen with the naked eye, that do not refract light, that do not operate like we think. And once again, those planets are within what we would consider like a, a reachable level of planes. They're just on higher levels of these di- of planes. And that they are basically the surfaces of these different layers. Like, say, like you have, uh, you know, uh, the Mars plane in our world. And these are the local uh, systems, like the inner worlds, Mars, Venus, Mercury, and stuff like that. And the closer you get to this ultimate white dwarf, 
that's when you start getting into this idea that it's too hot, it's the subterranean world, the quote-unquote hells, the quote-unquote lower levels of hell. These are the same things as these planet surfaces. And it's, it's, all, it's all interpretable as either one of these phenomenons, either higher levels of dimensions into heaven or hell, which are these various planets. And they're traversable physically with ships. And these ships are provided with technologies from the beings that exist within these planes. And variously, you can be incarnated. They have their own natural ecosystems, etc. But the, that's what you call extraterrestrial functions, extraterrestrial help, a coordination. Just like the experiment in Dark City, those beings, their technology dictated our level of reality. We lived like in the 1940s in that movie. We lived like in this rainy city that we never saw the sun and they you know, never had the beach and stuff like that. We were limited in our abilities, but not in our memories. In our memories, we understood reality to be what it was. And that character, the hero in Dark City, has memories, he has dreams, and then the dreams, they cannot be stopped, they cannot be censored, and they're consistent, and they create a reality which he is unfamiliar with and foreign to, and he keeps asking people, do you know your way to the beach? Do you know your way to the beach? And no one's ever been to the beach. No one has any frame of reference for what he's talking about, but these were memories that happened while he was on Earth, and an alternate reality, a, memory, a reality where no one is allowed or permitted to remember because they were taken from that one. It does not make that reality false. It makes everyone else have amnesia. And then through his pursuit of this beach, he confronts the archons and the Gnostic term of the word, the archons, the controllers of the simulation, who are but physical, biological beings who have physically kidnapped him and the rest of the human beings to run medical and scientific experiments on, but who are possessed of psychic and psionic powers, being able to literally, like, shoot mind forces and shit, but which he gathers as well. At the end of it, he's able to harness those same mind powers, finding out that he's as powerful as the Archons, as long as he's able to believe and fight and remember the past, remember this grander truth. And then from the darkness, he comes to the light, basically, and he sees this, like, world for what it is, a artificial satellite floating through space. Floating through, but we're real space though. Not a not a virtual reality game. It's not a level. It's not coding on a screen on a disc. It's not running through simulations through servers for past memories and dead people. I don't believe in the Neil deGrasse Tyson simulation theory. I don't believe in solipsism. I believe these are real people. I believe everyone's real. I don't believe in NPCs. I don't agree with that. I don't. I think every single person is a human being, a, a an animal, like all animals. Life is precious. Life is real. Life is created by a creator, an over-creator. Like I said, I agree with the oversoul theory. I agree with uh, like God, the idea of the creator of the universe and stuff like that. No, I, even then, I agree with the Abrahamic sense of God. The idea that this one monolithic uh, intelligence, architect of all the universe, created the world and us in it for a special and divine purpose, right? God's love, it's in his heart. We're not accidents. We're not cast away. We're not hated. I also don't think the simulation has a negative overall uh, intention. I believe the simulation is just reality. It is just the way it is. This world we live on is intentionally created for us, like a zoo, for us to live in it. Like as an animal really wouldn't be able to philosophically say a zoo is evil, even though it doesn't belong in the zoo. And it's like, no, you pulled me from the wild to make me live in the gorilla cage. And the gorilla cage is like, yeah, but we made it look like the jungle and we gave you food we're giving you food like we all we want to do is look at you we want to see you through the glass 
and keep you as, a, as an experiment. And the monkey's like, this is evil. But at the same time, you are giving me bananas. <laughs> like, I, I am having a life that is ultimately protected. And that's the thing. If you look at our world, you see that. It's not so hostile as it is pacifying, dulling, uh, domesticating, livestock. And it's the reason for that. There is a trade-off between man and cow. And there is a trade-off between these beings and men. And if you are willing to... Uh, like I said, people say that's, uh, that's life. That's the sacrifice that you call the social contract. If you aren't willing to free yourself and take that risk and die to society, to be seen as an outcast, to be seen as a pariah, I've sacrificed jobs, I've sacrificed my life saving, I've sacrificed credit, I've sacrificed reputation, I've sacrificed hedonism, I've sacrificed the old ways of looking at things and just consume content, watch sports game, ball, you know, no athlete, you're a man, drink beer, you know, titties, all that good stuff. I have to look that as an old self because that doesn't bring me joy anymore because wisdom and knowledge and the pursuit of truth are the only things once you see, you want to see. That's the only things that matter to me. And, and you can't, and you can't unlet see. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it, it's it's almost impossible for me to think now, as a time of doing this and having a quote unquote day job where I'm working at like you, you, uh, you taking orders. From, the, you you can't throw up the red pill no more. No, the red pill's already down. And and, and you go into the black pills. You start going into clear pills. You start going into indigo pills. That's like you start seeing that the pills are not limited to red and blue. And that, then you start seeing that, you know, breaking free of mental slavery is realizing just how, how large a freedom really means, how liberty really means. You are free to really start living and exploring and start understanding things, like not only the symbolic, you don't owe, you don't know uh, your silence to anyone, like, you don't have to be quiet, you don't have to be, you have to deal with the repercussions, you have to deal with the, the sacrifice, yes, but like John the Baptist, once you start living in the wilderness and eating crickets and rock honey, you can poke your finger in Herod's chest. You can tell the king that he's doing wrong. You can tell people that they're fucking up and that the right way is the righteous way because you're living it. You're walking the walk. You're talking the talk. And just like many ufologists before me, there's a reason people start studying this stuff. It's because once you start understanding the truth, you're not going to just be like, I don't know, uh, well, do they exist or not? I don't know. Here's a, here, you start, you, you, you start advancing. You start, um, you start having no patience for, no, no tolerance for the uh, uninitiated, the unadept, the people who are just basically wallowing in, you see it for what it is, wallowing in their own ignorance, living, um, living blindly in a society uh, are, are in, in a state of absolute self-absorption, uh, self, self-relevancy. You'd think pe- People are thinking they're the center of the universe. And if they haven't seen a UFO, it doesn't exist. That's 100% what guides people's belief and non-belief, as if it's happened to them. And so, like, the simulation keeps it, keeps their limited, it keeps experiences very limited, keeps them indoors, keeps the weather hot, keeps it too cold, keeps people rather watching Marvel movies and Disney Plus or whatever, streaming on, on TikTok, faces in the phone, 
they're not seeing in the greater world. They're told what to think. They, they think that they're snarky and smart and, oh, uh, I got to be, you know, looking sexy for whatever. And, and this is all that matters. Fast cars, food. Uh, look at the, how many videos of just fucking food exist. And they keep trying to push that shit in some dystopian Hunger Games stuff where they're just like, look at all this fucking cheese. And it's just like, are, pe- it's like, are people rats in this game? They treat us like fucking rats. It's just that. They, they just want us to keep us in this state of uh, mental hibernation. And that's the simulation. That's, I, I don't believe necessarily that the world is... Like, if you try to drive to the desert, it'll just be ones and zeros. Or NPCs are just computer simulations that don't download dialogue. I think people are just kept stupid. And it sucks because that's their life. And they... they you know, I... I you, you got to either accept the fact that you love all people in some kind of way. You know, like if you saw a person dying on the street, bleeding, you wouldn't stop and ask who these people were. You know, like if that's the kind of person you are, you just, you have that kindness and empathy where it doesn't matter, you know, you, one human race, we're all human type thing. Or if you just fucking hate everybody. And, and it's that's the case too, because it's like, uh, you know, it's it's like... A lot of misanthropy, a lot of that stuff. I understand. It's it's just hate for fellow men. It's it's sense of self-absorption, of egotism, of pride, and stuff like that. But really, you gotta accept that even the stupid people are people. Even people who are the the dumb sheep. Even people who are pigs. Uh, they all are part of the human like condition, and that we have to free them too. We want their liberty. We want their freedom. We want their protection and rights. You know, I don't think that they should just go to slaughter. I don't think that I'm better than anyone uh, with my experiences or with anything. I don't. I, I, I don't. And while um, I am a pain to see a lot of the human condition, um, you know, I don't think I don't think people are. are I, see, I think it's very real. I think there's a, a huge consequence to everything. Uh, you know, Americans, not Americans, all human beings. It, it all matters. And it's, it really strikes me deeply. Uh, when I think of things like that in terms of the simulation, in terms of their ignorance, in terms of being preyed upon, exploited, treated as slaves, etc., by these systems, whatever system they are. And I think that calling them an NPC is just a modern, technocratic, postmodern type of social Darwinism, and it's a type of, like, uh, generalized misanthropy and things like that, which has to be always guarded against and, and be aware of, you know, we have to be aware of. So, so I know, I don't think it's like the matrix, you know, I don't think people are agent Smith and stuff like that. I think we're dealing with real human beings. We're dealing with a real, uh, life and death type situation. These are people's lives. They live completely hypnotized by the system. They, they, you know, I don't think that, uh, we're alone. I think aliens colonize the earth. I think that extraterrestrials walk amongst us. I think that some humans are from different types of species. Um, yes, I believe all that. But I think mostly people are people. And, like, uh, even... even what, at, what do you think that woman saw on a plane? Um, she said, that motherfucker right there is not real. That's a very odd case. To say. I don't really like talking about the viral stuff, and, and like, nor do I really care too much what the, the masses get caught up in. I think that was a psyop, um, and first and foremost, but I think that was, uh, also, yeah, maybe she did see a reptilian. They, they ended up switching her out. The person who came in later, who said that it was her, the person who gave the interview and apologized, that is not her. The people with social media accounts, that's not her. That's a different woman. She has a fake t- tattoo on her arm. The other one didn't have a tattoo on her arm. 
Um, they, they used AI to help deep fake the faces. So for some reason, that lady saw something. I don't know what she saw, but she, she saw something and then she disappeared. And uh, like I said, this is the simulation we live in. It's serious. People are killed. People are taken, uh, you know, forever. Uh, taken away. Uh, they disappeared. Um, you know, I hope for the best, obviously, for her, but this shit's real. And if you see a UFO or you see extraterrestrial life or you see government covert ops, you can be disappeared. They have, you're expendable. Every single person's expendable. They will replace you either with a clone. Where are they going? To underground bases? And, and, and what's the reasoning for the disappearance? Uh, they could just shoot her and then throw her in a vat of acid and then throw her body from a helicopter into the wilderness. Um, Do you think some of these disappearances, you know, like with 401 and some of yeah. the other abductions, or people that just go missing throughout the throughout the world, you know, yeah, that's, the United States? That's an aspect of it. Getting experimenting on. Uh, no, that's an aspect of it. A breakaway civilization, secret space program, super soldier program stuff is absolutely an aspect of mass disappearances and our disappearances inside cities. A lot of people are quote unquote what they call red in. When you get read in, you get basically accepted into various programs, either as a scientist or a researcher or a pilot or a military person, and you have to die in this world. You are basically dead to the simulation, just like in Men in Black, you know, they, they do the thing where they burn your fingerprints off, but they don't, like, they just destroy all your records, they erase your files from the social security record book, they basically say you're dead. Right? Like, you just died. And if you're in the military, you died uh, in a way that, you know, you can't have a closed casket. You haven't had a closed casket funeral. Either you burned up during training. Maybe your Jeep flipped over and you burned to death. And all you have is a crispy critter inside a box. Mom and dad don't want to see that. Put a flag over it. Oh, there you go. Now you're in Guam getting trained on how to uh, stand guard duty on Mars and you side your suits and shit like that. Or maybe going to serve some base in, like, you know, I don't know where, off-world, uh, the moon, do you, Luna. Do you think some... Are, are sent off world to be the, the form slave colonies? Well, yeah, the slave colonies, no, slave colonies are not people sent from this world out. Slave colonies are typically clones and are people intentionally born for that. There have been multiple generations, so the stories and experiences are all different, but uh, typically it started in the 1950s and 60s. These were all the volunteers. All those people were volunteers, typically scientists, they thing called the Great Disappearance of the Minds. The great theft of the minds. Millions of scientists, engineers, architects, mathematicians, professors of all different kinds of study, uh, laborers, construction, you know, like leaders, things like that, disappeared from across the world. Most of them were Russian, uh, from the Soviet Union. But millions of people did disappear. They based the game uh, Bioshock on it. The idea that millions of people in the 50s and 60s disappeared. They were all intelligent, highly mobile, highly ambitious people. These were the first generations, both underground and off-world, and deep ocean and stuff colonies, because they have deep ocean colonies just like they have deep underground ones. Uh, they're actually, ironically, not even that deep. They're just oceanic colonies that exist in deep ocean and have all their materials shipped to them as independent nations um, that operate, like I said, without government, without laws. They operate scientifically, doing uh, basically all the illegal, unethical stuff that they would be thrown in jail for doing anywhere else because they are literally operating without anyone's knowledge but absolute unlimited funding on a place where any, even if their science projects went wrong, they're in the middle of the ocean. It's, it, they can't, like, no one is ever going to be able to interrupt them or, you know, escape from anything that they're doing. 
yeah, that's a factor. But then these factors exist all over the place. Uh, researchers in Antarctica, etc. It's if you're in Antarctica uh, and doing one of these secrets programs, covert programs, you might as well be on the moon. You're never coming back. You're if say you're 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 exploring uh, archaeology, they're finding in Antarctica of ancient pyramids and secret in ancient societies from the old pre-flood world. They're never letting you back into society. You're never going to go back to your wife and child. You're never going to go back to your hometown. They're going to keep you there forever, and if they do let you back, they're going to lobotomize you. They're going to put a, a computer chip in your brain and hijack your thoughts with V2K and either make you kill yourself, uh, which is a good way of, of explaining these things away, because they can literally just hijack your brain, force your hand up like this and pull a trigger, um, or they can literally just erase your memories with various chemicals that they've been uh, experimenting with throughout the years. This is not science fiction, by the way. This is in, like, real life. What they're doing is that they, when you start these programs, they start injecting you with a regimen of chemicals. When they take away these regimen of chemicals, you cannot remember anything you were thinking about or remember, remember when you were on this regimen of chemicals. Look up scopolamine, for example, if you're playing the home game and you're, like, trying to Google if I'm right or wrong. Look at these drugs have an effect where you cannot remember what you were doing while on these drugs. And they have perfected this amount of dosage, etc. And it could be everything from the drinking water to aerosolized and pumped into your into your barracks while you're sleeping, etc. And then you just return to society thinking it was either extremely boring or you having really no memory when you're actually asked what you were doing for four, you know, six weeks or months or whatever. You know, you were like, oh, I was in Hawaii. Yeah, it was boring. I was just doing watch. Like, oh, yeah, we, we had food at the galley. You know, like, it's, like, you're just sitting there, like, you're like, what did I do? I don't, I can't account for this shit. I was in 29 Palms. That's it. I was in 29 Palms. You know, like, we did a, we did an exercise. It looked like, you know, we, that nothing happened. It was, you know, a couple of days, and I came back. You know, you don't know what you were doing. You don't. They, they got you immediately and just scopolapined you out and just fucking gave you a cover story as soon as you got out, and that's all you remember. They, can do, they, they have people who go, there's head shrinkers for the, for the Navy. You can go into a room with them regular people, and in an hour or two, you'll come out thinking you are an Al-Qaeda terrorist. They will have you completely convinced that you are an Islamic extremist. That is one That's how good they are. You will believe you were raised to serve Allah. And, and, then, it, you, and then you have these voice to school technologies yeah. and everything else that we've been bombarded with. Right? Exactly. No, I'm saying that's, and then, then they get this person and they, they say, uh, we're going to drop you off uh, and and, and, and yeah, in Baghdad, and they, you got the chip in your head. You don't even know they put a chip in your head, and they start giving the V two V two K, put on the vest, you know, for Allah, inshallah, I go to paradise and everything. And you think these are your thoughts, and all of a sudden you 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 perform an assassination, suicide bombing, and things like that. This is what the Manchurian technology they have. Yeah. yeah, the Manchurian candidate. They have this kind of stuff. They're using it to their own men. Don't think they're just using it to any other people. They they use it to other people too, and that's a, that's a huge part of it too. And um, a lot of it is just not even known about. Like, it's just, that's what we know about. That's the stuff that we've already learned through testimony and eyewitness experience and stuff. So think of the cutting edge and shit. They just, they have the full power over men's minds and can just use them as puppets. But they, the disappearances um, and nowadays are not necessarily that, but they are people getting taken by things in this world that are covered up either other species that are as intelligent and dangerous as men 
uh, when it comes to hunting like nature or animals that may not have their origins on earth that live currently in the forest etc just through the sheer amount of crazy shit that's fucking going on at any given time in this world and yeah when people go missing they go missing and it's sometimes they're covered like they're they're uh killed rather than being saved a lot of scenarios like that where people think they're being saved but the soldiers coming to them put a bullet between their eyes and that's the actual mission is to take care of the eyewitnesses you know and then that's many such cases like that either people who get across the wire on one of these bases uh, like uh, the function of blue berets for example legendary infamous blue berets is when people have UFO crashes if they're around the UFO crash to liquidate them there are no eyewitnesses for that reason because of UFO crashes and think of how many people are just found murdered in farm fields or on the side of highways and are in their vehicles without any explanation nothing taken no, nothing stolen just someone who was found shot to death in the car out on a road trip down the middle of the highway, and you're like, yeah, that, that's yeah, they'll leave you, but they don't have to hide. Like it doesn't. They understand that this is this is all good. Like um, there was a really famous uh, murder of kids in Arkansas, the children during the Bill Clinton days, the the drug plane and everything. The the yeah, and they don't have to hide. They, they did a sloppy job one. That wasn't even a professional one. That was just basically like, oh, these kids saw us. We'll shoot the kids, put them on the train track. And then we'll just pay the coroner to say it was fucking suicide or whatever. They smoked weed and fell asleep and got hit by a train. And it's clear they were stabbed and shot and stuff. And that's the thing, like, you, you, you don't have to believe everything is done by a super professional sniper, CIA, you know, death cultist, Satanist. It, but it is done by local police, local deputies. You think, oh, I call the cops because a UFO landed on my property and the deputy shows up and shoots you. And that's fucking it. The end. And that's the simulation we live in. And that's why I said, this, this is real shit. This sucks. This is happening to people. It needs to be investigated. It needs to be talked about. It's all part of it. Like, missing 411, a lot of that shit. What do you think park rangers really do? You think park ranger Dan is just walking around, making sure you're... Yeah. Hey, don't pollute. Give a hoot. He's making sure <laughs> shit is going like how it should. Like I said, there's Bigfoot going around. Maybe maybe he's got to quiet some witnesses. Maybe he's got to cover some shit up. Maybe he's got to, like, make some reports. But there's a reason why they won't give those records to Dave Politis. There's a reason for that. And there's a reason for uh, the fact that he it's... He can get some of it. He, he can get some, but, but, but they charge him, like... Like twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars, or, or, or that's what they're asking someone. Yeah. Ain't that crazy? No, no, that's why. It's all, it's all part of it. Like I said, the the, the system goes very high, and said so their ways may not be perfect, but they're effective, and they know you can't pay for it. So they'll say like, yeah, give us a million dollars. Oh, you can't do it. It's and then in that way, they're saying, yeah, we got them, we got their records, we don't deny it, but we're going to create a situation intentionally that's impossible for you to to penetrate. As the government works, that's how the government works. Oh, you want to come into uh, yeah, military? Oh, yeah, come into the military. It's only a, a lifelong sacrifice. It's only uh, complete loyalty oaths and passing background checks and security and going to our military academies. No, no, become, become a general. Learn the secrets of what's in Area 51. Totally. Submit to all the humiliation rituals and mind control and trauma control and MK Ultra control to wear those stars on your fucking shoulder so that when you get through this wall, you can really see for yourself if there are aliens. And then when you do, who are you going to tell? Where are you going to go? We own you, we made you, and we can destroy you. And it's the same thing as every other citizen. Ultimately, that's how they reason it. They're like, 
no matter what, they have everyone by the balls. Because if you are anything, they'll just do... If you refuse, they'll just do the same to you with someone who will. And a lot of the missing 4-in-1 is uh, cult activity. It's a cult murder activity. It's a lot of what I study is secret societies. Human sacrifice is still very permanent. Uh, disposal of eyewitness and suspicious people, as well as just the murderous shit people get down to within their own communities and families privately. A lot of people killing their own kids. A lot of people doing things because of their own abuse and trauma. Uh, a lot of closet Satanists, for example. A lot of people who are rural occultists. And, and like everything uh, in between you know like just people doing it for thrill kills active country serial killers things like that that all exists and then there's a plethora a menagerie of animals that eat human beings that wouldn't mind for a second to eat mankind that the nature departments keep absolutely secret because that's another thing I'm into cryptozoology and cryptozoology isn't even a pseudoscience it's just absolutely respecting people who live in lands telling you things that they've seen throughout their lives uh, things like owls of massive size called Big Hoot, for example. And it sounds totally ridiculous. An owl the size of a man could kill a child and eat him whole. Or Mothman. No, the Mothman, exactly. The, the idea of Mothman sightings. You're like, that's yeah. ridiculous. A man's, if I told you I was a, a man-sized owl with a, like a 14-foot wingspan and you have a, a five-year-old child in the woods and owls are silent predators they can fly without make without literally scientists have proven this without literally disturbing the air or making noise and this owl quickly and quietly zooms in grabs a child with their claws flies off eats the child whole shits out only a few teeth and a skull cap and you have a missing 411 case and it's high up it's high up on a cliffside how did, how did this child get so high? We only found a few bones of him in an area we already searched. It's because that owl was in a tree while you guys were searching and just eating this child and just, like, you know, Do sleeping. Do you think a lot, a lot of the reason why we it's hard to get real evidence of a lot of these crypto, uh, these crypto uh, creatures, I guess, is because maybe, for the most part, I know they probably slip in and out, but for the most part, they are beyond our visible spectrum or 1% within the radiation light spectrum. That's a case for some, but reality is most of them are just visible in our reality. Like, the, like human beings can't see them and everything. They're just kept very, very far away intentionally because mankind, like I said, it lives in a simulation from that's visible from a much higher altitude, let's say that, from construction-wise. We don't live in organic societies where cities existed right next to Bigfoot hives, for example, right, or Bigfoot cities. And I believe Bigfoot is like a regular human being. It has cities, it has a complete society, just like we do, technology, etc. Uh, the reason for this is because at some level, all the species are communicating. I, I absolutely believe that. I have talked about that many times before. It's integral into understanding how all this works. We're not blindly operating. We're not operating without any coordination. At some point, there is coordination amongst the, amongst the leaders of populations to keep us separated and to keep us living lives segregated but equal in Sasquatch terms, in Dogman terms, in uh, the various different species that live as crypto-terrestrials on the surface of the world with human beings, for what that means, the Dyson Sphere, they live in different layers underneath us, they take different territories, some take the mountains, some take the jungles, some take the deep forest. We sent 80% uh, of human populations live on the coast, for example. And there's a reason for that. 
It's because, like, you know, 25% of North America, of the, the USA, not even North America, the USA has never been explored on foot, has only been surveyed by planes and air. And there's a reason for that. People have surveyed. They absolutely know they're not. They're occupied just by non-human beings. And the thing is, people say, well, where's the evidence that, once again, the, the massive coordinated cover-up, you think you can just go on Google Maps and look and see the real world? That's all virtual reality. That's all simulated. That's all art. That's all created by NASA through AirShop, through uh, Photoshop, etc. It's not really what the world's terrain looks like. But even then, you could fit hundreds of millions of beings of Sasquatch-like level, like, you know, in cities that you built in the Rocky Mountains. Absolutely possible. They could live in the Great Canadian Shield and the Yosemite area. Absolutely possible. It's a fucking huge amount of territory. Every you single human being. Yeah, that's that. Mactonis. That's one of the things where you start realizing to, that. I got the book somewhere. Uh, Nick yeah. Owned me the book, and I, I've yet to get it. I can't get a hold of him, but I got the book somewhere. But yeah, and he he he, he died like. At 35. Yeah, he had a heart attack in his his mid-30s. And it was absolutely what I was saying. At some point, they were killing people who were coming up with any kind of truth. This is a huge matter of sacrifice. It's not a joke. It's not something that people are like, oh, you can write anything and say anything in America. If you hit the nail on the head like Mac Tawney's did with Crypto Terrestrials, they'll come knocking at your door. And if you hope to survive, you have to sacrifice things like he had a job as a professor. He had a job uh, as a self-published author. You gotta say, you gotta go off the grid. You gotta go underground. You gotta go off radar. You gotta go stealth because, and there's different times in the '90s and early 2000s. You would die if you talked about this shit too loudly or too accurately and too respectively. Um, eccentricities are survival methods and survival strategies used by the ufology committee uh, community. These, these are the types of strategies people don't even think about, the levels of shit. Like, to be seen as crazy keeps you alive. Because if you were like Mac Tawney's and too legit, too respectable, and too just mainstream with his approach, then yeah, they have to silence you. Same thing with uh, uh, Phil Schneider, etc. So Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper started getting too mainstream, too respectable, too, too, uh, they had to silence him. They shot him in the head. Uh, Mac Tawney's sacrificed his life not Max even Spears talking about UFOs. About Max Spears, Max Spears same Max thing. Spears. Same thing. Now, I was saying, like, there are so many martyrs. So many. His, his, his mother, Max Spears, said he had... Was it his mother said he had black goo or some black kind goo. Of substance come out? Yeah, black goo. And well, that's the thing well, with the secret space program. Secret space program, um, black goo, super soldier... It's used in the super soldier program. It's has its origins in secret space program, breakaway civilization shit. Its origins are in reptilian technology, Orion Draco technology. It is a 4D programmable, transformable matter of AI synthetic, um, like basically nano sludge. And the nano sludge exists to basically uh, reinforce biological hosts. They wear it as a suit. It was intended as a type of suit that would basically be both armor and computer and be able to fulfill any, adapt to any situation, fulfill any of their needs, as well as part of their structures, like their ships are coated in it. Like almost everything they have is coated in this nano goo um, that basically serves all of their uh, technological functions. 
that is used by secret uh, by super soldier programs and secret space programs for various reasons now by human beings. We've gotten it. We collect it from their ancient cities that are in the Earth. There's a huge amount of it in South America, for example, entire lakes of it in South America, for example. Um, and we we so, typically so, so, give so it. So it doesn't really come from dinosaurs. Well, I mean, the Orion Draco don't come from oh. outer space. They're reptilians uh, from dinosaurian Soren days that were just millions of years more evolved, and were one of the original ho- uh, species, the intelligent species on Earth. They had millions of years to create this technology, and they worship AI. And that's one of their gods is AI. It's this black sludge goo. There are various different kinds of Orion Draco. The Orion Draco, for example, that Zana, and we just talked about creative agency. She's a good reptilian, a quote-unquote good reptilian, because she doesn't have the black goo. And the black goo was a big problem in their society. It's why people know them as evil, because it totally it, it re- removes all your empathy and makes you more machine than biological and so they were basically cyborgs in a true sense of the word where their DNA itself was grafted to this AI uh, goo now super soldier programs are basically evil they're all dark side shit there's not a good super soldier program it's all assassins MK Ultra uh, killers uh, you know paid rapists occultists um, you know various dark side chaotic forces that are used by institutions like the CIA uh, the MI5, uh, various intelligence agencies, mafias, organized crimes like that have their roots in the Vatican, like the Endragazi um, from Italy, and uh, the very Camorra from Italy. They use the black goo too. This is like you know Russian mafia level shit, and it's basically they graft people with this black goo, and they become possessed demon possessed for lack of a better word possessed of super strength possessed of uh, various levels of physical uh, prowess regenerative abilities uh, heightened stamina um, heightened sensory it awareness in a, lot of, in a lot of movies and TV shows too those the, also like. the idea of oh, X-Files exactly the same thing X-Files is yeah. total disclosure with the black goo the black cancer see these things are very established in the world and it's not just recent but if you follow the lore, you realize black goo movies, black goo disclosure, black goo predictive programming is in everything from music videos to movies to video games. Black goo is like, why, why, if it was just one random fucking thing, right? Why would it be in like hundreds of different, from Lucy, like that, like all these different movies, there's the references to black goo as a AI programmable sludge, like a, like a creeping viscous liquid made of computer chips and this computer chip liquid hijacks you aggressively like it's an animal like it's a monster and then grafts itself to your body it's it's the fucking weirdest specific thing and in each one of these from music videos and onwards the same physical phenomenon of the black gooey going over the eyes representing the windows of the soul representing the possession of the psychology and then the ultimately transforming of the person either from a good person to an evil person or from one altar to another altar right and that's why their mk ultra programming is so successful because it's a cyborg program it's not just you give seen someone that movie, you seen uh, that movie with scarlett johansson uh, under the skin yes yes 
another one. It's pretty dark. Too, An- another yeah. one with the with the idea that they get people and they put them in the sludge, and the sludge either eats them or rejects them. But it's the idea that it, there's an organic component to this black sludge, and it's 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 function. It needs flesh. It needs people to operate. You know, to actually exist. To you know, it needs it. Uh, movies like uh, Three Hundred. I think the sequel to 300 even have a great scene. The Egyptian movies yeah. show it. Mummies have a lot of the black goo. This is, the black goo is in the mummy. These things are pharaonic. Like I said, the ancient, this is originating from an even more primordial reality that human beings have always known about and used to attain quote-unquote godhood or quote-unquote to be like the gods in these evil ceremonies. And there's a reason why these societies would either require a human sacrifice or some kind of like blood oath where you give your own blood to this this thing. It's because they will put it in you. It's an internalized parasite. Uh, Stargate, for example, has the metaphor of the gaul. The gaul, yeah, it's, it's basically they organicized it, but its function is the black goo, in which you get men, you get real regular men, and put the black goo in them, and then all of a sudden they're not human anymore. Their allegiance is to something reptilian, something super ancient and something that we know instinctively as history. Like the things that they do, like building pyramids and shit, it's reptilian. And we'd be like, oh, that's like they did in history. They did that shit like, you know, when they ruled the world. Like, that's history. They have guys standing around with fucking like big staffs and spears and shit dressed like in giant metal outfits because it's the 4D black goo. Like the mask that, that fucking refigures itself. This, this idea of transformable nanotechnology is reptilian. And that's why this is basically who used to rule the world. Simulation, it's all part of it. It all starts making more sense. They're all pieces of the big picture. And I said, when you live in a simulated reality, you live in a world with technology that can simulate reality, either perception and or physical. And a lot of people have said, but they don't know. They don't get it. They really don't. That, that, like the movie title, Skin Deep, you don't know who you're talking to. It could be a person who's actually an extraterrestrial or an android. And that person has been sent, you know, to society to basically scout, like Scarlett Johansson's character, walking around in public. They can mimic a person. If they can fly through fucking space and get through different layers of this world, this simulation, these different densities in reality, yeah, and they do. And a big part of what I want to talk about chaos economics is that. I was just about to bring that up because uh, we have about... 10, 15 minutes left and go ahead, man. It's a huge subject. It's a huge subject, but I know all of it is. And just talking about each each thing with like a minute of time, it's like, you know, time gets out of your out of hand. But yeah, let me try to wrap it up and like get the chaos economics summarized. Because we live in a simulation, like Jason from Archaics has already uh, pointed out, or anyone's already pointed out the simulation theory, but it's a physical simulation. It's a simulation of real organic beings, real or like 3D you know, 40 physical reality with consequence and stuff. Um, stasis, entropy, uh, other things in our reality that people have words for exist. Things get boring. Things get very regular. Things get normal. Things get to the point where it's so predictable that ultimately even the vibrational energy of the matter itself would be slowing down to cease to exist. We're talking entropy. We're talking about things just literally freezing and coming to a halt spiritually, socially, energetically, biologically. What runs the universe, what runs this breakaway civilization to its higher levels and even its lower levels? Chaos. Chaos 
is what these beings are agents of. Not all of them. Not Solar Warden, not the Astra High Command, not the quote-unquote law and order good ones, but the radicals, the poachers, the, the, the free agents, the enemies of mankind, or enemies of the peace. It's because they intentionally create chaos to record and to harvest the reactions, the energies produced by that. The louche, some people call it the louche, some people call it the just the entertainment of people's true emotions, fear, panic, uh, desperation, life and death situations, the effect that people live and die off their time. If you just waited for everyone to die of old age, I mean, that's one thing. But if you intentionally created disasters like great fires, which I think Jason of Archaics is right on saying that these things are localized disasters that wipe out civilizations intentionally, his interpretation of the phoenix in the sky as a weapon is accurate because this is the chaos economy. This is the chaos agency. Now, it will destroy a civilization seemingly with impervious might just to fuck them up and record the devastation that it caused as well as the ripple effect to the world at large. It will create tsunamis. It will create blizzards. It will create earthquakes, volcanic activity. It will mimic the real world to the point of plagues and everything that has gone bad and can go bad. Wars, everything. And it's all intentionally created and crafted, manipulated by technologies which would appear to be magic to us and filmed and observed by these UFOs in real time. War always has UFOs observing every major battle. UFOs are literally observing every major battle in the history of humanity. Alexander the Great talks about silver shields over the siege of the Phoenician walls. Everyone, Constantine talked about a flying cross when he was, when he was uh, converting Rome to Christianity and beating um, the, the pagan kings, the pagan Caesars. Um, the UFOs being seen over religious ceremonies, like things like that. The, the Lady of Fatima and what it caused to people and the creation of this, uh, Vatican 2.0 and the revival of the Catholic Church and stuff. The fires from Hawaii most recently. UFOs were reported over there. The entire idea that it was created by lasers from the space, from deep state agents, that's absolutely part of this because human beings are also involved in this chaos agency. It's from the top down. Human beings pay up to the system by offering chaos, either through human sacrifice, the creation of situations that are fucked up, intentionally harassing people, gang-stalking people, targeting individuals, causing pain, causing this mischief, and what, what basically is seen as a demonic activity. Going into a system and intentionally harming it in controlled ways as part of the greater experiment. Once again, bringing it back to the dark city, analogy of it, which is perfect, by the way. Dark City is 100% perfect. This is real people, but instead of just putting on different clothes, and instead of just switching up their houses to create new situations for them to adapt to, they straight up light buildings on fire. They straight up uh, cause plagues. They straight up kill people when it's not even their time, giving them disease, etc. They do this after abductions, they do this after contact, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the modern day who have recorded alien abductions followed by rapid onset cancers, diseases, deaths, etc. And it's because all of it is intentionally to test the human will and create the louche, the louche of human suffering, the milk of human suffering, 
And it's because it is a simulation, and they know it has no real value to them being outside the simulation, just like shaking up a, a snow globe. They'll destroy London in 1666, burn it to the ground, just see how the, the human beings react to it, see if they save it or not. They'll bur burn down Lahaini and Maui just to see what happens. They'll see how people react. They'll see how what's people react. And what's war. What's the purpose They'll for, see for, for getting the loose from us uh, by creating this manufactured chaos? Well, same thing as it is um, killing a cow for its meat. It, it, there is a you know an omelet and eggs. There are, there are the things which are necessary: the wet work, the actual knife through the throat, the actual pouring of the blood, and the sopping of the heart, and the killing of the cow to get the cheeseburger. Which people who are not there, who are not killing the cow, who are thousands of miles away, maybe uh, with their families, with their children, who want the protein, and this is evolution, and this is life. What is that loose used for? Not the killer of the cow, not the hunter. Is it basically that we're all batteries? Well, see, the battery analogy, yeah. I think everything in the universe is a battery to something, isn't it? This, it just everything from the plants to the animals, the birds and the bees, everyone's something's prey. And that's the thing, while, it, while we try to stop it with Solar Warden, while we try to stop it with the men in black, while we try to stop it with the Space Force and everything, uh, the earliest accounts of crashed UFOs were kept secret when it was found that there were mutilated human beings in nearly every single UFO that was crashed. When servicemen in uniform of the Air Force in New Mexico were being found mutilated after going missing on watches and various people in war were reporting engaging and being killed by UFOs in combat are being sickened by them, like in Korea, Vietnam, enemy helicopter situations, etc. The reason for the secrecy within the common world is because this is how UFOs have always interacted, taking advantage of chaotic situations that we can't even understand, like the creation of um, natural disasters, famine, etc. This is always seen, like Jason of Archaics also says, the Black Plague in Europe was not caused by rats and fleas or Mongols. It was caused by blimp-like ships that they said they were like ships flying in the sky, dropping off mutilated animal carcasses that were festering with disease and spraying aerosolized biological weapons over towns in the mountains. This was to create the chaos that would jostle mankind from the Roman era, from the Middle Ages into the Renaissance. Now, not necessarily omitting the fact that a quarter of Europe was killed by this extreme plague, the Black Death, but that this did, quote-unquote, move mankind into a certain direction, a progress. And while it didn't, like I said, I don't think any of these are going to extinct mankind. I don't think they'll ever be responsible for an extinction-level event. In fact, the point is, it's all extremely controlled culling. And hopefully prevented now that we have the secret space program, now that we have Solar Ward, now that we have weapons and we have freedom and allies in the Astro High Command and other various extraterrestrials to help us out, drawing it full circle, 
why am I saying it like that? Do I think all aliens are evil? No, I think that that was caused by evil agents. I believe that was caused by evil aliens. I believe that was caused by the evil races. Yes, the predatory races, the races of chaos, the people of chaos who were helping them out, agents of these evil powers like the reptilians. But I also believe that there are good reptilians who are helping stop these. I believe that there are wars going on underground currently trying to stop their deep underground bases of influence and power. I believe that the space above the Earth has been basically protected and, and, and surrounded by benevolent good powers that we interpret to be the savior powers, the angels, the orders of heaven, the heavenly host. And just like how in Revelations or in the Christian apocalypse theory that God will come back down flying on this heavenly host and do war with the evil forces of Satan on this earth. And, you know, the, the Revelation, the end days, the victors will be good outsiders. They'll be the saviors of mankind, having defeated these evil forces of chaos who tricked mankind into serving them. And, of course, the blood up to the horse's bridle, and the birds will peck out the flesh and the eyes. The whole birds of the earth will be, you know, converted into fucking missiles, basically, and then feast on the soldier's flesh, who are fighting for the Satan, fighting for the Dajjal, the Antichrist, right? The man with one eye. That's this idea of the Illuminati, the eye-patched wearing, uh, you know, the, the, the evil, basically, of this world. I believe that's all in, it's all in line. It's all synchronous. There's nothing about this that conflicts with anything else. It's, like it's all understanding it in different ways. Every natural disaster is caused by extraterrestrials reaping the agents, reaping the loosh and creating the chaos because they don't have any compassion for what they think is just worthless animals like us. And then we have these benevolent beings who are motivated to protect us because we are prey, because this is the historical reality of our society. And since these beings are taking more and more control, that's happening less and less. And if you actually start breaking it down, there are fewer wars. There are fewer people dying in war than ever before. There are fewer murders. There are fewer things happening in this world that used to happen in the 20th century to an extreme degree that we all just accepted. Even the 20th century, oh, everything was peaceful in the 20th century. And then you actually look at statistics and you see things are just improving now. No matter how much fear they try to program into you, no much hate they try to program into you, all they have now are these soft weapons. They can't really cause the disasters like they used to. They can't cause the great fires. They can't cause the great earthquakes. They can't cause the great culling of millions of people to natural plagues and stuff. So they lie and they create things like the COVID scare and shit. This nonsense. No one died. A survivability rating of 99%. They can't do the evil that they wish they could do. So they have to make it up and pretend like they still can threaten us. But if you look at the, this is all kind of the optimistic side of it. Solar Wardens existed for the last 30 years. They defeated the Reptilians in our solar system. Astro High Commands existed. The Pleiadians, the, uh, the Andromedians, the, the, all the good positive, the Elohim, basically, the Shining Ones, the Star Brothers. Just like in Mayan prophecy, the Star Brothers will return. They will walk with us. Just like in Vedic uh, astrology, the gods will come back to Earth. Just like in the Hopi, the Kachina will come back to Earth. And it's not me just saying this through my own experience of knowing this to be certain, but it's like you know, every other person, every mythology, every shaman in the world knows that there is outside help that is coming, that is already here, 
And then all you have to do is open your mind to it and it will liberate you. It will help you free yourself. That there's hope. That there's hope to this. That there's actually... It's already victory. We've already won. Like Christians already say, we've already won. We've already achieved the victory. We just got to endure till the very end and watch it happen. Because we already believe in the prophets. We already believe in those that have come before. And this world is a simulation. Not because the good people made the simulation. The simulation is a time trap. It's made to keep us from being saved. They got to open up the vault and break into this system to get us and this system is not physical at this point. It's an energetic trap. It's a spiritual trap. When people die, they become re they have to escape that cycle of rebirth. They have to free themselves on this life to escape to the next. And it's all, like I said, it's all, it's all real. All these different religions, all these different uh, aspects, the idea of simulation theory with Jason and Archaics, the idea of breakaway civilization program with like the dark fleet not often say with like robert sepper's latest work with the whole black sun you know new schwabenland antarctica nazi thing or the real all of that the the moon bases the off-world bases uh david ike all of that shit uh you know bill cooper's early stuff was more accurate than his later stuff i think he started getting very very frustrated uh, with people, with himself, with the world. I think he let his frustrations get a hold of him. But I think his early stuff, when he's talking about UFOs, Majestic 12, the, the way the Illuminati only makes sense with UFO technology and stuff like that as a master. Yeah, the, the, when he started getting into the mystery schools, that was premier, but he started getting very bitter about UFOs to the point that, yeah, he was one of the leading UFO researchers. He wrote a book called Blue Planet, which was a catalog of all the UFO crashes, right? And he had over 120 UFO crashes that he listed. And then by the end of it, he's saying that all the UFOs are created by the government and stuff like that. And I said, like, V2K technology, it goes through walls. You can't be in a basement bunker and thinking they can't V2K you. They, they were electrically, they were targeting him. They were, he was electronically harassed. He was physically harassed. He was mentally harassed.